0: The Spot Track Podcast:
1: Talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Giannetti. Happy Thursday! A little late on the post today, just trying to catch up with the uh, all the riff raff. I was waiting to see if a couple of coaches would get hired in the NFL. That didn't happen, though. I think the Panthers are closing in on one of their candidates, maybe on their decision as well. Here is the plan today: um, big NFL show with Scott the annual super bowl quarterback cap percentage conversation how does it hold up this year how does it look this next year Uh, where are we headed with these big time salary cap boosts that are coming because of tv revenue and uh just you know if you've never heard this conversation we, we throw out all the numbers in this sucker because the uh the cap percentage situation is real especially when it gets down to this time of year and this this year is absolutely no different in fact it's one of the more favorable years with this kind of data set, with this kind of trend. So we, uh, we break down all the numbers and names appropriate with that conversation. And then we round it off into, what does it mean? I mean, where are we headed? Why 20 years into this this whole process, are teams still operating the way that they're operating? Um, what's going to happen now when more than half the league is on a veteran quarterback contract, which is where we're heading after Herbert and Hertz and, and Burrow get there and a couple more next year? Uh, we're headed to a situation where, you know, the majority of starting quarterbacks are going to be 40 million plus per year. And that's a dangerous ocean for a lot of teams to be swimming in. But there are ways to structure cap that can work. And uh, I bring in a couple of examples and a couple of teams that have done things in the past that I think not only were successful when they happened, but are still making them successful because of the long term benefit they got from doing a couple of things the way they did. So it's a it's a super nerdy Quarterback contract, but roster construction conversation as well and where things might be heading with the league salary cap of 225 next year. All right, Scott, it's an annual tradition. It's uh, one of our favorite things to do because the, uh, the curse hasn't been broken yet. The quarterback cap percentage trend. What should we call it? Yeah, that's probably definition? about right. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 until, it's, until it's broken, it's a definition. This is just a fact. Right, um, it's a spreadsheet you did I don't know six seven years ago that we've just continued to update um as this hard salary cap the nFL's you know kind of progresses and gets more efficient, and the salary cap keeps rising, we're expecting a gigantic jump next year, so you know we can talk about the numbers we have now, but this may be on the cusp of being broken. It may get broken this year, but basically, the long and the short of this is. If you've got a high paid quarterback and a quarterback specifically that has a cap number that is at the top of the, you know, top 5ish but specifically in the approaching 20% of the league salary cap, uh your chances of being in the Super Bowl are slim to none. The the, the average since 2011, since the hard cap came in is about 7.8% of the league cap and the median is about 9. Um what does that say for somebody like Patrick Mahomes who's sitting on 17.2% right now of the 2022 cap?
0: I mean, there's a chance. I mean, the highest that we've ever had made it to make it to the super bowl was Peyton Manning back in 2009 with 18.88% of the cap, uh, his cap based off of the lead cap. So it Mahomes at 17.2, you know, mm-hmm. There's a chance. The next one below Manning was Matt Ryan back in 2016 with 15.3. Mm-hmm. Uh we've had a couple 12%ers, but you know, Mahomes making it to the Super Bowl would be the second highest ever uh based on what we've been tracking since 2000. Um so there there's a slim slim chance percentage-wise that he makes it, but you know, it's Yeah, the followed. numbers are
1: very against him.
0: Very very against him. Yes.
1: It's, it seems like such a simple exercise. And of course it's jaded. Of course it's, you know, targeted. It's, it's, we're looking at two quarterbacks every year and uh, we're looking at one monetary factor, right? The cap hit. And and then the, and then the league cap, we can expand this out. We can make this a lot more complicated, but really what it does, Scott, is it opens up a bigger, bigger conversation. And it's a conversation people have every single year, this time of year, and then all off season, which is, can teams with 53 men rosters, 55 men rosters, not really on game day, up to 70, 80, when you talk about injured reserve and practice squad and maybe even more for some teams, can they really sustain one cap hit that's 20% of their entire cap and do so with success and the ultimate success, which is the Super Bowl game. So it's it's this big, gigantic conversation that everybody loves to have. And by the way, it's a good conversation to have because there is a dichotomy between Patrick Mahomes at 45 million and this rookie wage scale. There are two things that exist, which is this custom go out and get whatever you can get in free agency or with extensions, and this extremely rigid, formulaic rookie wage scale that says this is exactly what you're worth based on where you were drafted. It's it's complete competing arguments and it's how this league operates, which makes it so damn interesting. You know, the the NBA has has this to a smaller degree because the draft is so small, because unless you're a top, top lottery pick, you know, yes, you're slotted, but it's, it's kind of inconsequential, right? And it expires in two, three years after club options. And after three years, most of the superstars have super max gigantic contracts as it is. So it it exists in the NBA. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I feel like it's diluted because it gets washed away so quickly. And these guys turn into $70 million players before we know it. Whereas here, you have a small group of players who get paid instantly as quickly as possible. You have that middle of the road that maybe goes five years, four years, six years in times like Cousins and Prescott, that have to wait and then eventually get their bag. And then there's the rest. And the rest is where it's getting fascinating because some of those rests, and, and quite frankly, a lot of the rests, end up here in the Super Bowl. Right, Brock Purdy has a chance. And I didn't want to say this in a tweet. I wanted to say it here with you. Brock Purdy has a chance to be the lowest cap percent Super Bowl quarterback since the year 2000. Yes, he will. He will take. He will be underneath Tom Brady's rookie 2001 year, or not rookie, but the year that he came in and took over for an injured Bledsoe and took him to the Super Bowl and won it at 0.46 percent of the of the quote unquote cap, which obviously back then wasn't the cap that it is now, but it's a salary cap. So Brock Purdy has that chance right now to be the lowest, um, which is – that's where we are. That, that's, this is a real thing. He's got a real chance. He's obviously in the top four, and he has a chance to be top two in a couple of days here. Um, I just quickly, while I was spitballing here, Scott, I just quickly did last five-year averages on Super Bowl quarterbacks because I wanted to see if it looked – it's starting to trend like it might you know, go bigger and go bigger. It's the exact same number. It's, it's yeah. still seven and a half percent. So as the cap grows, sure, we're getting higher cap hit players in here, but it's still not 20% cap hit players. A, the teams just know they can't go that high, so they're restructuring accordingly. Or B, we're just not we're just not seeing the top top cap hit players get here. It's both, right? It's absolutely both.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and if you look at the last four years, there's been a player that's been on a rookie-scale contract, Uh, so, and and as I go through... There's going to
1: be one this year, because it's Burrow, Hertz, and Purdy are all on rookie deals, just Mahomes on the vet, so it's going to happen again.
0: Right, absolutely, and if you look all the way back to 2011, you know, you pretty much, for the most part, either had a higher cap percent, 10 to 14 range, and then the other quarterback is on the lower end of the spectrum. So it's very that is, rare. You're that right. That's had,
1: fascinating.
0: It's very rare that there were two quarterbacks with similar captains. I mean, 2011, when the rookie scale came into effect, when teams didn't really know how that uh, system was going to operate, we had Tom Brady and Eli Manning with about 11%, you know, right. there, but otherwise the, the next closest would have been, 15, 15 and eight with Brady yeah. and Ryan, but, uh, in, and Manning and Newton, but otherwise it's either extreme high and extreme low, but the number still holds up that if you are, you know, super, super high, you're, you're not making it. So, uh, a quarterback with a you know, 20% or higher cap hit Mm -hmm. just doesn't seem to fit the bill when it comes to the Super Bowl because you have to have still a well-rounded team, offensive and defense.
1: I think, and again, it's before the the latest CBA, the the latest hard cap rookie wage scale system. When Manning brought his almost 19% back in 2009, I believe he was the highest average paid quarterback in football, player in football. So I I think that's, that's the only instance we have of that. Mahomes is the second highest cap hit right now. So, you know, I don't want to discount what the chiefs have done here because he is 35.8 million in 2022. That's what they carried him at. They didn't restructure him because they knew that doing it this year was going to hurt the next four or five years, even more. Uh, and it, I thought it was a good move, but, in not restructuring Patrick Mahomes and keeping the $36 million hit this year, what happened? Tyron Matthew, Saints, Tyreek Hill, Dolphins. Those are direct results. I mean, it's, you can't just say they chose that because of football things, no way. No team just says no to Tyreek Hill unless they have a, 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 a financial reason to do so. And they did. And, and the financial reason was Kelsey under contract, Patrick Mahomes under contract for forever. Chris Jones needs a contract next year. There were other mouths to feed and they figured they could patch Tyree kills 30 with three or four weapons. And so far it's been fairly successful. It's certainly, you know, they haven't had that performance that Tyree kill can give them at all this year, but that's a direct result. So the people out there saying the cap isn't real, it can just be restructured. You're right until it isn't. And that's exactly what happened here. It wasn't restructured. So there had to be pain elsewhere. So, the Chiefs are here. It's it's working. We've seen now kind of every aspect of this happen, where teams, you know, like the Rams last year went all freaking in and loaded up on brand new deals and restructured and got everybody here that's that was possible. And, and to, to some degree, the, the Buccaneers did that the year before as well. And we've seen teams like the Chiefs in '19 or the Seahawks back in Wilson's, you know, second year, just kind of sneak in under the radar with absolute value not just at the quarterback position but kind of everywhere so the it's the league is really healthy in that regard it's kind of unlike any other league where sure i i think the four teams that are here are here not by accident these are four teams that i believe vegas probably had top eight top six to start the season but they're all constructed completely differently you know and, and it starts with how much does your quarterback cost from a cap perspective? Can you make it better or are you going to leave it big, right? The, 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 the Tennessee Titans kept Tannehill huge this year. I don't think anyone in that organization thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. That was not what that was about. That's about getting rid of him next year. So it, every element has to be dissected differently. That's why I'm taking the time, Scott, to do these deep dives as much as possible, team by team, because even for my sake, Every single roster looks, smells, feels, and is going to operate completely differently on March 15th, and uh, and we've got four different versions of what that looks like here in the uh, heading toward the Super Bowl. Your, your thoughts, are we going to get a 20 percenter here in the next three years if I tell you the cap jumps to 225 next year and maybe even 240 in 2024? Do you think that's going to change things? Or is I that going to actually go the other way? Is that going to mean even less?
0: Yeah, I don't think – with the cap rising, teams are getting smarter. They're going to restructure. They're going to do whatever they need to. Um, the the rookies that are coming in are getting better and better every year. So you can – you could essentially be a, you know, a Jacksonville where you're in the playoffs in two years and perhaps in by the third year you're in the Super Bowl. I mean, look at Cincinnati. You know, they had Joe Burrow, then Jamar Chase, and then, you know, They were in the Super Bowl last year. They potentially could be in it again. So there's there's an interesting formula from that standpoint, but you have to have all the pieces around you. And what's also unique with this league is they can roll over cap where other leagues cannot. So teams can sort of set themselves up where if they uh, cap massage their roster, they could roll over quite a bit, go all in, and have a a low rookie and, you know, go big in free agency Mm -hmm. and they can get to the Super Bowl. So I I don't think we're going to get to a 20% because of the fact of there can be that manipulation. And, you know, if the cap is going to continue to go up, then teams just can operate more willy nilly. Whereas if it was a a flat cap uh, more so then they would be
1: strapped. If, if we're projecting a two twenty five league cap next year, that means $45 million would be 20% of that cap right now. There's five players, all quarterbacks, shocker, Rogers, Wilson, Murray, Watson, Mahomes, who, who qualify for a 20% of that league cap. Now Rogers is going to change <laughs> because, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the average salary. Let me pull back. am looking at the wrong freaking site on our site. What do you think? Um, so there's three. It's Watson, Prescott, and Mahomes. All qualify with a $45 million plus cap it next year. Uh, they're all going to get restructured. So just limping in to 2023 without even getting there yet, March 15th official, right? We're not going to have a cap it even available in my opinion <laughs> to be 20% of 225. So it's going to be you know, you're going to find somebody with a 28 million dollar cap hit that is going to be of incredible value because of the sky the sky jump with the with the salary cap next year, um, and we saw that in basketball, right? There were teams that took advantage of those big balloons, got themselves three or four players at that 75 percent mark, and are still benefiting from it at, at, for those couple of years of balloon action. So, uh, I expect that you're right. I expect that teams are going to say, "Look, we we can be kind of." frivolous right now a little bit because the league is giving us this big jump and teams like jacksonville let's 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 talk about that a little bit they did their damage last year in free agency and they're going to pay for it now with a ton of restructures maybe even a couple of cuts um, because they're already over and they haven't even started yet and they're you know they're not one of the top five six teams they're top 10 though so jacksonville is that mini cincinnati They've got the quarterback that looks like he's going to fit the part. They've got some weapons, not so much a Jamar Chase, although Calvin Ridley could look like that if he returns the form. And they've got a you know a, a, a defense that's on the rise if they can build a secondary this offseason. They're right there is my point. What about a team that's not right there? Like what if you're... Hmm, I was going to say the Giants, but I'm not sure that's the best example, all things considered. All right, let me use this example because it's it's fiction, but fact, Scott, what if you were the Arizona Cardinals, but they hadn't paid Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray doesn't have that contract right now, okay, and he's also not injured. He just had another Kyler Murray season in twenty twenty two and they're sitting here looking around saying, "What do we do? you know we've had that quite a bit what if what if if the Arizona Cardinals was there with Kyler Murray and with that salary cap situation, and with the roster they just have, and with JJ Watt retiring, and aren't they better off just starting over from scratch? Yeah, you are. Isn't isn't that where we're going? We've talked about this quite a bit in the past, but I, I feel like we are now at a financial mountain where teams just shouldn't go there unless they are what ninety five percent convinced that they can build a, a top four roster. You know what I mean? And that's basketball, by the way, right? You had, we, had, we had a lot of seasons, a lot of iterations where, and I think the playing game may have altered that slightly, but um, if you're not everything, be nothing, you know? Certainly that's baseball's philosophy. But are, aren't we going to get there with this position now? And I'm th- yeah. I, you, you, know, you know why I was thinking the Giants, right? If the Giants mm-hmm. think they can pay $25 million to Daniel Jones and then also compete for the division and the Super Bowl next year, Convention says they're wrong. Convention says, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get there because you feel like you don't have a, an elite player at the most important position. Now, what we're saying, right, that with these cap percentage stuff is maybe that's not what you need. Maybe you need a more balanced, well rounded roster that includes a, a quarterback cap hit that you can manage on a year to year basis. So where are we going with this? Are we going to a position where the select few will get their fifty million? And will we have a middle class? Will we have Daniel Jones every year? Or are teams going to look look at Daniel Jones' situation more 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 so than not and say screw it, flip him out to free agency, let him get a backup Trubisky contract? We're going back and starting this process over because we want to be in the Trevor Lawrence conversation. We want to be in the Joe Burrow situation where. We're ramping up in a rookie contract quarterback situation.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned this because I was actually thinking about this the other day where, you know, we've it's either next man up or right. bottom of the barrel, and there is no middleman. So to a certain extent, if Daniel Jones did get a $25 million per se, that's actually probably good for the middle class because it's showing that there could be a middle class, especially if he is able to produce and get to the playoffs on that kind of a salary otherwise it's next man up and you're you're paying out the wazoo or you're at the very bottom and you're trying to get as deep as you can with a a retread or a uh you know a sixth seventh rounder no offense to purdy but you know he it is what it is um but you're there is no middle ground so i I'm interested to see if that continues or if there's going to be some sort of serviceable in between like a Daniel Jones or, uh, yeah, I get yeah. Kirk cousins to a certain extent, cause I wouldn't put him up there at the upper echelon of, of all the money, but you know, all these premier quarterbacks that we're talking about, you know, Joe Burrow's going to get paid. Lawrence is going to get paid. Yeah. Hertz is going to get paid. Maybe two was in the middle because yeah. we haven't been sold on him. Um, <clears throat> And to to flip it around, you know, the other thing that I've thought about is, you know, we keep talking about, all right, where's Aaron Rodgers going to be? Is he going to get traded? What can he go for? Two first round picks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Derek Carr, he got paid, but he might be on the move. It, at what point does a team that is really close, that didn't do very well, that doesn't want to draft, you know, it, a, a brand new Quarterback make a jump and say, "We'll give you two firsts and two seconds for for Herbert." Teams, you know,
1: are you kidding me? That's like four and four. What? <laughs> All
0: right, I, I was I was just throwing it out there. Yes, it, maybe it's even higher. But my 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 but, point but is,
1: you're, yeah, you're you're looking at it from the Charger standpoint. At yes. what point do they say no, no to fifty million, and yes to the draft picks to start the process again? Right.
0: Yes. To to or and teams have already seen what is on paper with, with Herbert. So if, if they don't want to have to start from scratch and bring in a brand new quarterback and learn a system and have to get up to speed with the speed of the NFL, do you just pull the trigger and go for a Herbert versus an old Aaron Rodgers to put at the helm because he already has a track record. He already knows the speed of the game. Yes. You're going to have to pay for him, but you already know coming out of a rookie contract. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: We'll spend, we'll spend that draft capital on him as opposed to having to start over with a Bryce young or a CJ Stroud or whatever.
1: I can't stop thinking about the 49ers. Every single time we change the subject here, I go back to thinking about the 49ers who have just completely bucked this trend.
0: They really have.
1: And, and all I keep thinking is if, if I'm sitting in your front office right now, is, isn't, all I'm working on is understanding how they're doing this. Like, what, what, else would I be, what else would I be trying to do right now? If I was sitting inside of a front office of any other team, but copying everything they've done, right? And it's impossible, you know? Nobody can go and just get Trent Williams, and nobody can just go and draft Bosa and have the ability to do that. And nobody, there's, everything had to kind of work perfectly, I believe. But there's certainly something that Shanahan is doing and D'Amico Ryans has done defensively that you can pull off of a videotape and say, this is how we have to do it because the emotion, the activity, the creativity, the flexibility, the versatility, all the utilities, right? It it must lead to something because there are a lot of high paid players in that team. It's just not the quarterback.
0: I see what you're saying, but I also, I look at our mapped out, Spreadsheet here, and I see a lot of Tom Brady, and he was one that you know never took the highest cap or anything like that. And I don't think you can.
1: But New England didn't pay. It's not because the Patriots had to spend a ton of money elsewhere.
0: No, but I'm what I'm saying is I don't think we had for 20 years with Tom Brady is reproducible either, unless you actually find that quarterback who is going to play in the same situation and allow, you know, is, is Joe Burrow? Yes. He's probably going to 50 million, but if he came out and said, you know, 30 million is fine with me so that we can do whatever and then you can build a pa- around he'd, him because he get
1: beat up in an alley by the nfl players association he, let me just tell you that out loud well,
0: yeah he absolutely <laughs> would but i'm saying i do, the system that the 49ers has is unique to them and i don't think it could necessarily be reproduced unless you had kyle shanahan running stuff on another team it's just unique to how that's they what I'm see things
1: but that's what i'm saying like you just got to start ripping that off however possible because that is the process. That is the dream, you know? And to some degree, I guess Doug Peterson is, has, has shown we can do that too with Nick Foles, right? Whatever's happening behind the scenes in certain instances. And a lot of it is coaching. And I think we undervalue coaching. I, I, I hear a I lot agree. of crap on radio and TV every freaking day about like, our coach sucks or this coach sucks or I, it's undervalued. And there's a reason Sean Payton's asking for $25 million a year right now. Sean Payton has a system that has been successful for three decades in this league. And whatever team ends up paying that, that money knows exactly what they're getting. They know exactly what they're about to get. A, a, a functional, versatile system that includes the run game and the pass game and some defensive you know, flexibility as well. So I, I just think when you know what you can do in this league and it's proven over a long period of time that it works, that's when value starts to become a possibility. Otherwise, the reason the Chargers have to pay $50 million for Herbert is because they don't know what plan B is. They don't have plan B. They've been looking for plan B for 40 years. Right? You know, the Bills with Josh Allen, the Jets with whatever, the, the Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears, literally forever, right? I mean, they, they just don't have the options. So, you know, you mentioned throwing out draft picks and just trying to acquire people. That's what's happening with the aging veterans right now. I guess to your point, when's it gonna happen with a sixth year not yet extended, but maybe double tagged? You know, Dak Prescott type player. It's coming. It's gonna happen. But I don't know when. And oh, by the way, let's bring the franchise tag stuff into this. There's no way that can be successful. <laughs> if we're telling if we're telling you that you can't be 20% of the cap to even come close to being in consideration for this kind of conversation, then you can't get on a franchise tag salary because that's as top of the market as you can get in this league right now from a quarterback standpoint, especially if we are talking Lamar Jackson and that exclusive one. So you you are literally, you know, throwing a grenade into your upcoming season based on trends, based on this analytics. If you want to go that route and think you can survive with it for one year, there will be pain, major pain to the rest of your roster. Something significant will fall off because of that one singular cap hit. So there's a lot of avenues that have to get closed off when we talk about this one simple data set. And it's it's it gets more and more fascinating the more you know every year that it actually comes to fruition. And and it's going to happen again, even if Mahomes gets there, it's going to happen again.
0: No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at this right now, and the winners since 2011, when that rookie scale came in, I'm seeing a lot of 11 and 12 percents. So that seems to be like that bread and butter. You know, if you have a a quarterback at that percent, you have a strong chance of getting to the Super Bowl and or winning it at the same time. So teams need to look at that and say, man, if we're going to have a cap hit of 25, 30 percent, it's just not feasible from a a strong roster construction standpoint because you're just having so much of your cap allocated towards one player in a large team.
1: I'm going to throw something out there that I've been reluctant to say because it's just so non-conventional, but there are other sports doing it. And by the way, Scott, the sport you follow does it now quite a bit. We see, let's look at the Jaguars, for instance, who I think it was eight, eight, some decent-sized contracts last free agency, right? The, the Green Bay Packers, who I've just done a, a deep dive on for the website, uh, signed a bunch of players last year, right? And not just Rogers, Rodgers, but it was Jair Alexander, it was Roswell Douglas, it was uh, – I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Aaron Jones was two years ago. There, there were a bunch of contracts recently that got extended in, in Green Bay. I'm missing a couple. But all of them followed the traditional – and not just for the, how they structured it, but how the NFL kind of works, right? When you sign an extension, everybody gets a minimum salary on year one. Then you take that signing bonus and you load it up five years. And then, you know, year one and year two look really nice and team friendly. And then things start to kick in year three. Some teams have started to balloon the second year. So year one is super cheap. Year two goes crazy, but they're going to restructure year two to make it way super cheap again so that three, four and five actually load back up. Why have year one be so low, especially right now, especially when we're going from 208 to 225 on the league cap projected? Why do that anymore in this league? If what we're saying is the average is 7%, 7, 8, let's say 9% for safety, median, a median 9% cap hit can still get you to the Super Bowl. And that's actually, you know, the going rate right now. But you're right. There's 11s and 12s scattered throughout there. Why not why not start to dictate things that way? Why take why take 8% in that first year on your big extension when you could take 12? And then the second year doesn't have to be 20 anymore. It can be 16 or, or, or 14, or even you can go 13 and 13 in the first two years. Start to front load these things. Do you know who front loads contracts? No, the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Uh, uh, I should have known. Okay, <laughs> Which
1: is what triggered this conversation in the first place. Jimmy Garoppolo's contract was one for 40 and then the rest was chopped off. And it was just base salaries and small roster bonuses and per game actives, which they saved a ton on because he got injured so much. So of course that team is doing this, right? Because, because they don't need to take that gigantic discount year one. They'd rather have a flat discount spread out over three, four years, then get out of the contract and do it again. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. And we're seeing way too much of that old traditional style contract still happening right now. I'm, as I'm doing these dives, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it. And, and they did it because they thought they couldn't get back you know, into cap neutral with Brady back in the fold. So I guess there was some you know fire alarm system there, there going off that they had to do it. But if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you've got Burrow and T Higgins this year and Jamar Chase next year and, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's going to continue to pile up if you're this good. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't make Burrow a $12 million cap hit next year. You know, pay him a $60 million signing bonus, but give him a seven and a half, a $10 million base salary. Give him more in year one than you would traditionally do than most teams would traditionally do. And you can even go more aggressive than that. You can go 49ers and take 40, 45 million off the top next year, especially if the cap jumps number 15 million in 2024. Um, That's a change that I feel has to get made, you know? And with the NBA, you can't be that aggressive because that's formulaic, right? It's either got to up Mm -hmm. incrementally or down incrementally. So my point is, though, we're seeing more decreasing, right? That downward sliding, front-loaded, to back-ended NBA contracts, especially for the older players. The NFL should be taking advantage of this. And by the way, the players would love it. They would absolutely love it. Now, they'd hate the fluffy, low salary bottom of their contracts. You start to chop those off and use void years instead. But I think teams have to really start to understand that taking the bare minimum cap hit at any point in time with a veteran isn't worth it. It isn't worth it for three years down the road. How much better would Zeke Elliott's contract look right now? If Jerry Jones had front loaded the crap out of two years of it, we, and it would have been insane money it would have been all we talked about. Why are they paying a running back $24 million? That's ridiculous. Well, this is why, because you still want him on the roster and you love that. He's a $9 million cap hit right now. That's right. Why, you know? So I think we have to get there at some you, point.
0: You want the, you want the value at the back end of those veteran contracts, especially, you know, like you said, yeah. running back instead of, holy cow, we're at the back end and it looks hideous. And, and it's
1: and, and we know we're going to cut it. It's almost like, why even build it in? Because we know we're going to cut this guy. And the running right. back knows he's getting cut at this point because he, he understands what's happening. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with the standpoint. The devil's advocate in me is going to say teams are going to operate as today and don't care about three or four years from now, because most GMs may not be there. They don't (laughs) care. It's sort of, it's sort of that, you know, the mentality of the saints for years and years of we're just going to operate now. And if we got to cut everybody or, you know, cut or restructure or do whatever to get under the cap at the 11th and a half hour, then we're going to do so. And we'll just kick it down the road. I would love to see more teams be more progressive and Mm -hmm. do what you're suggesting of more front loaded, especially with the, the rollover cap. If you have the space. Yeah. I understand you want to use it on, Mm -hmm. on uh, you know, free agents or your incoming draft. But if you have a back quarterback, like a Joe Burrow that, you know, you're going to have to pay or Jalen hurts that, you know, you're going to have to pay. I agree front load it. And then, as it decreases, if you start structuring those high value contracts in a decreasing manner, yep. then when Jamar Chase comes in the next year, you do the same thing. You're setting yourself up for these all these salaries decreasing, and then you can go and pay other positions or your, uh, wherever you are in the draft, and you may end up having more rollover cap in the long run because – all of your caps are decreasing instead of increasing, and then you're running out of space as the cap continues to go up. You're going to make your high and low much more wider as you go.
1: Let me give years. you two more points because you you hit on a couple of good things there. You know, the, the, the devil's advocate looks at me, what I just said and says, they don't care. Yep. Not just because of the job security stuff, Scott, but because they'll just restructure the crap out of whatever they have to do and push it down the line. You're right. But guess what? You can't restructure a minimum. Mm -hmm. You can't restructure it. You've already done the restructure. You've already you've already set in stone exactly what you think needs to happen. And that's that's the point. That's the second point. So Aaron Rodgers right now can't be restructured one iota unless he gives up on this option bonuses and turns it into something else. Half signing bonus, half whatever he thinks he can do. He's on a minimum. From a compensation standpoint, it's an option bonus with a minimum salary. So he's set in stone. Let's say Joe Burrow takes the signing bonus option bonus approach like this. Okay. Or he was, he's, he, I, the Bengals would like to do that right now. But what if they didn't? What if they said, we're going to make it 25 million in compensation next year, 30 million in compensation in the year after that, 40 million in the year after that, And it's just going to be flat compensation, whether that's base salary, whether that's a roster bonus. But it's my point is, is it's flexible compensation, whereas Mm -hmm. with an option bonus, it's either you take it all right now as a big salary or you dump it out into a signing bonus. Then you have the option every single year, because here's what you don't know. You don't know that your outside linebacker is going to tear an ACL in week 16. And now he's not going to be available for the start of the next season. So that's a position that you didn't think you were going to need, but now you need it. Okay. Great. I've got 27, $28 million of compensation in Joe Burrow's contract. I can fudge a little bit. Whereas what if I taken it all the way down mm-hmm. last year? Now I got to restructure him again for the second time, maybe even a third time in the year. If that's something we see with Prescott and all these big contracts, let me give you a better example, which is the inverse of that situation. Okay? Blah, 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 blah. Somebody retires. Or we make a trade that we didn't see coming, right? We have an embattled wide receiver that we have to get off the roster. He's gone. Okay? Jamar Chase or whatever. T. Higgins wants to get the hell out of town. We get him out of town. Now we've got $9 million a rollover we didn't know we were going to have. Came out of nowhere, right? Or a guy didn't work out. We ended up doing a cap casualty and saving $9 of space. Simpler conversation. I didn't. I didn't do anything with Burrow's contract yet. I kept it high. I kept it flexible. I kept it fluid. Now, all of a sudden, holy cow! I don't think I need to touch that now. I can leave that as a high cap. It take it on the chin this upcoming season. Even though I wasn't ever planning on doing that, I was always going to convert that roster bonus and a signing bonus and take the space. But now I don't have to because I've left myself flexible. That's the point I want to make here. It's not so much we have to change the way we structure everything. I think we have to change change the the rid the rigidness that we make these contracts, which is minimum salary, big signing bonus. I'm the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not changing my philosophy for anything. Right? Well, you better, because you're about to get hit with you know, a, a big-time situation that you're not going to be able to get out of when Michael Parsons needs $150 million next year. The, the point is flexibility, and, and we can combine our two conversations here, Scott, which is rollover exists. The ability to massage rollover exists. The unknown is becoming more and more prevalent in the NFL. The yes. Injuries left and right. The Tua situation, right? That th- that throws a huge wrench into Miami who thought they had this value and may need to go sign a veteran quarterback now to dump on top of that Tua contract. So the unknown is becoming wider and wider. And so is the quarterback contract wider and wider to kind of cycle back to our initial thought. Everything's getting bigger, including the unknowns. So why lock yourself into a contract that looks and feels like it did 15 years ago when you could be a little bit smarter and offer yourself way more options. And I'm going to go back to the Chiefs who didn't restructure Patrick Mahomes this year. Okay. They looked at 17, 18% of the cap and said, it sucks, but we're going to try to win with it anyway, because it's not 20. It's not out of the realm of allowing us to go crazy. Now there was some pain, but we're going to try to make it work. I, I respect the hell out of that decision. And I think more teams have to get there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and if you're going to do this, the quarterback is the position that yeah. you want to do right. that flexibility in. Because if you're if you're paying the Burrow, the Herbert, the upcoming upper echelon coming off of the rookie scale, that's the position that you're going to want that flexibility with. And yeah. I, I I hope well, frankly,
1: Scott, it's the position position that the NFL is trying to keep as healthy as possible. Right. I mean, they're changing the game to keep that position healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I am hoping that some of these, uh, you know, new GMs that come in, they're looking for some more creativity that we've started to see in some other sports like baseball. You know, we've seen a lot of creativity in the last, uh, you know, 18 months with some of those contracts. So I, I hope we start seeing some more creativity or flexibility where they're looking not only at now, But they're looking at the future from a more of a flexibility standpoint instead of let's just kick it down the can, kick the can down the road. Let's look in like you just said, if we don't have to restructure, then we can move on and go from there. And then if we have to restructure next year, then so be it. But have that flexibility as opposed to being pigeonholed into we can't do anything.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hits. It was a five-year, $137.5 million contract, $27.5 million per year on average. Here's the cap hits. 37, 20, 26.1, 26.4, 26.9. Sounds great, doesn't it? (laughs)
0: It Absolutely does.
1: Most teams look at that and want to vomit. They, they They want absolutely no part of that because they think, by the way, zero restructures, never touched. They just let it be, and they made it work elsewhere. Because and the, they, fought, they thought they were doing the right thing by front loading that extra 8 million in the first year. And I think it's brilliant.
0: And that's where teams need to get over themselves and not vomit on that. They need to right. look at that and be like, that's smart. Look at what they've done in the last few years. You know, it, it's a middleman salary that we were talking about at the beginning. So they, they need to get over themselves and look at it from a different angle at this point.
1: Anything else? Which two quarterbacks are going to be in the finish line here?
0: Um, I'm going to say Burrow. Okay. And I'm going to go Hertz.
1: Yeah. It's a nice matchup. That's a nice matchup. And that is an average of what? (laughs) Two? (laughs) Yeah. 2.7. An average of 2.7 against the league salary cap this year. Pretty phenomenal stuff. Do we have any NBA to talk about? I feel uh, like we were supposed to start the trade season talk because the Lakers actually made a trade, but it's not even worth talking about, right? No, not really. Not
0: yet. We'll see if they make another move. Keith's do, been doing a, a ton of work. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read his pieces, he's got some more coming. Just put up a trade primer with all of the you know draft pick, most likely to be traded, TPEs, that kind of stuff. So take a look at that. Scott, um, I don't
1: see LeBron James with the Lakers as being traded. Why is that? <sighs> just kidding (laughs) just kidding Uh, thank you (laughs) um
0: hopefully we'll see some more trades here usually the first week uh uh, once once february hits we start to see some more um but uh, otherwise teams are really slow playing what they want to do because they want to see where this where they're going to be in the standings in another week
1: there's because, also a lot of big players injured that have to be, you know, really are. putting some teams on pause. Durant, Zion, right? There's more I'm not even mentioning, but there's some major players out and have been out for a while, right?
0: Yeah, there are. And some that, you know, like Durant that just came out, oh, we're going to look in two weeks from now. So, yeah. you know, it, Zion's been out. It, Brandon Ingram just came back. So you're right. There are some bigger named, uh players that some teams are slow playing it, but from a,
1: Anthony Davis, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Davis just came back. So teams are really waiting to see with, you know, probably another week or so where they're going to be come at the roster or at the, in the standings, are they going to be out of the play-in? Are they going to be in the play-in or just above? Uh, Because they don't necessarily know if they want to buy or sell yet. So, and, and that is a, uh, two pieces that are going to be coming from Keith. He's going to do the East buyers and sellers and the West buyers and sellers. He's putting together some research right now and you know reaching out to some people to see where some things stand. But you know some of the teams don't even know where they're at right now, and so that's why we're having a you know a slow drip of <laughs> NBA content and, and trades coming through.
1: I keep hearing that the Warriors are going to be fine. In fact, most of the people that I listen to still have them in the freaking NBA Finals, Scott. Yeah, they do. But I look at the list. I see them ninth in the West. They're four and six in the last 10. They won a squeaker last night with some drama involved. Mm -hmm. I I feel like drama is the right word for this team right now. And there's some injury, obviously. Steph was out for quite a bit there. So getting, getting him back to full speed is certainly part of this. But you can see them picking up the three and a half games and winning this division and becoming a top four seed here. I mean, the, the West is ridiculously bunched up. That's it pretty, is. And that's why I, I said. Mean, that's you know, why I said. Getting that, out of fifth place right now.
0: <laughs> that two games can jump you from nine, 10 to five, six. So that's why teams are dragging their feet with what they want to do to see where things are going to shake out in another week or so. You're right. That that team it is drama. Uh, You know, we had a situation where, you know, what they were in Cleveland and all their top players didn't play. So that's a, that's a
1: different part of drama. That's actually calculated with some analytics, but right. um, That's another podcast for sure. Let's get some thoughts on Keith with that and scheduling and, and how that's all going to play out here soon. But look, it's a, it's rounding into that time of year. So hopefully there are some, some trades to talk about. Um, and that we're not not just kind of limping to the off season. Although I had Keith on, I believe, last week, Scott, and this offseason is looking pretty nice, especially if LeBron does request a trade out of L.A. This could be a, quite a fun little July for you. Yeah, absolutely
0: could. Looking forward to it if it does.
1: All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks.
0: All right, thanks.